Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Join my husband and his coaching friends from around the country as they explore the ins and outs of their profession. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to making this podcast a huge success in its first year, reaching over 14 countries. Please continue to help the podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a five-star comment, and sharing it with your friends. Here you go, sweetie. I think you can take it from here. Happy to uh, be on uh, on with you. And first, let me congratulate you on the success of your first year of podcast. Uh, you know, you're you're all over the world, and uh, you know, a couple of thousand people, you know, tune in and. You know the the information that you that you've uh, that you've shared with with uh, with your audience and the coaching personalities that you've had on. I, it's been very very entertaining and and certainly for any coach who listens and uh, you know on a regular basis, whether they're uh, you know beginning coach or uh, someone who's been coaching for a while, it, it certainly is uh, helpful. I think and and uh, I think you be you should be commended for for what you've done. Uh, not very many people would uh, take the time and the effort to do it. And I want to congratulate you and, and uh, hope you uh, hope that the, the, the second year is, uh, is just as good, if not better. Thank you, Coach Jerry Hernandez. And Happy New Year to everybody. Happy 2023. Welcome to this week's episode of Hoops Coaching A to Z with me, Coach Terry Canova. And this week's episode is actually going to be a highlight episode. I've taken several clips from the past year. I wish we could have everybody who'd been a guest so far, but wasn't able to do it for a time constraint, but some of the highlights. So sit back, enjoy this week's episode of Hoops Coaching A to Z. You were talking about the old pawpaw neighbors. And, and, and oh, one, yeah. of, one of the quotes I've heard you say was, uh, you walk in a room, you can't find the chump, you're the chump. You're well, the chump. Literally, yeah. That is my podcast, Mike. That is it, my podcast. I am chump. the chump oh, every yeah. episode. Me too. No, <laughs> uh, he he instilled that in us a long time ago. And you know, uh, unfortunately for me, it was an accurate statement too when he said, "Always act like you're the dumbest guy in the room." Uh, for me, many many times growing up with my cousins, as smart as they were, and the the places I put myself in, uh, usually intelligence wise, I'm at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to that. So yeah, Papa neighbors lines come in early and often, but that one that one certainly proves true. I remember walking in my first head coaches meeting in the Pac-12 and the SEC, looking around, and you know, here you got you got Don Staley sitting over there, and you got Gary Blair, and you got Vic Schaefer, and you're like going, okay, yeah. This one's pretty easy to pick out. I know who the jump is. Sometimes it's great when people don't realize you're the chump in the room. I was absolutely the chump in the room at the Lady Texture Camp back in the day, surrounded by Hall of Famers. But yet, Raven Justice, stud hoopster, thought Coach C, Coach Canova, was the bomb. One of my favorite clips from our podcast. These days, Raven is the head women's basketball coach at Sam Houston State University, doing an excellent job there, and actually got coach of the year a couple years ago, or coach of the year in her conference. So here's Raven Justice. I take count, and Leon Balmer called me over, and he, he used to get these gold beads out. Yes. Like, if he did something really, really good, like, he would give you these gold beads, and he was like, well, young lady, you have a lot of gold beads, but what's your favorite part about count? I was like, Coach Canova. 
And he was like, he was like, it's not me. I was like, man, you cool because you walk around with the gold beads and that's the thing. But I was like, Coach Canova, I was like, he's really, really cool. Like he's somebody you can talk to. And you know, when you go to camp and stuff like that, you're intimidated because you're around so many other athletes. And I, I didn't, I'm from a small town. So, you know, no one from a small town really thinks where well, somebody's better than me because you just don't think that way. Um, so when I walked in, I was like, oh man, this dude pretty cool and stuff like that. And, and everybody, we had all that camp stuff that you have to do. And, and like, you never shied away from giving us conversation or just hanging out with us. And I told Chrissy side that at um, ULM too, like, you know, we had the opportunity to be coached by some really good players. And so um, I, think, I think it was more relationship because I come from a small town. I'm the youngest of six. So relationship was really, really important to me. And so probably like the mid of my senior year when coaches started believing how good I was, like Coach Ishi at Ole Miss and all that, yeah. it was too late because I'd already had a relationship. And yeah. so it was, it was a relationship piece with me. I didn't, I didn't really care about the logo because um, where we're from, like no, nobody really cares about that type of stuff. Um, I've been going to tech camp for like three years. So I knew what exposure was, but it like I wasn't into the hype. So I wanted a relationship with somebody that I could talk to that when I got homesick, when I had boy problems, like so all that stuff played a big part of like, hey, why I chose why I chose Nichols would have been such a small school. Well, well, that now is gonna be the quote for my podcast. Raven Justice, big time recruit, is around Leon Barmore, Christy Curry, Kim Mulkey, John Ishi. Christy sides, and yet she want to go play for Coach Canova. <laughs> as soon as we start having live guests on here on our podcast, there was definitely one I wanted to get on here, Coach Bobby Champagne, to tell his story about going from a high school coach to one of the top Division I men's basketball programs in the country in a matter of months. So here's a great story from Coach Bobby Champagne, University of Houston, one of the top programs, and still coaching with Coach Hel- Kelvin Sampson at the University of Houston. And um, it wasn't three weeks. Now I <laughs> I got the job. I got the job the end of May, right at the last week of school, and um, took the guys through June, uh, July, and then started um, August in-service teaching in September. It was the last week of September that Coach Sampson gave me a call. It was on a Monday or Tuesday, and, um, you know, a week later, October 1st, 2nd, I'm uh, here in Houston and and hitting a full go because they had already started practice. And um, about nine days later, we were scrimmaging the University of Texas. So uh, it's been been fast-paced and been a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, it's – Kind of crazy to think we're sitting there watching Kermit Davis uh, talking about uh, breaking a press or whatever, and um, some guy talking about uh, the charge rule and um, showing every pos- and and the travel rule. Uh, yeah. I didn't know walking had changed uh, since uh, Naismith had been in the game, but um, you know, and then just just a few weeks ago playing Villanova to go to Final Four. So I can't thank Coach Sampson enough. I walked down to the principal's office and talked to him about it. Um, and uh, when I walked out of the principal's office, I called my wife and said, hey, Coach Sampson offered me a job at the University of Houston. And she said, are you leaving tonight or are you leaving tomorrow? The only way you get a phone call like that out of the blue is developing relationships and contacts through just sheer loyalty and friendships. 
Here's Coach Mark Godfried on loyalty. And I think you just mentioned a great word, you know, that, you know, if you're loyal. You know, one thing, too, Terry, I've, I've learned over the years is that, um, boy, you appreciate the people that are loyal. In other words, they understand that they gave you an opportunity. You know, somebody gave you an opportunity, Terry, you know, along the way. And it's not just one person. You know, somebody hired you at some point. There was a principal. There was a there was an AD. There was, you know, who knows? You know, somebody gave you a chance. And I think what happens to a lot of people is you. It always has bothered me that sometimes you forget that those people helped you. They didn't have to help you. Yeah, you did a great job. You know, I, I gave you a chance. You came in and you busted your butt and you did a good job. But you know, I could have hired anybody, and Jim Herrick could have hired anybody to give me my first, you know, starting coaching. And so I think for, for us in, in any profession, especially in coaching, is never to forget about those people that have helped you along the way. Because we, we've all gotten to a certain place, you know, as head coaches where, yeah, you're a good coach. Like, you know, I, I've watched your teams over the year, Terry. You do a phenomenal job. You're a great coach. But people have helped you, you know, along the way. They've helped me. You know, people gave me an opportunity. People taught me uh, things about coaching. You know, I've learned from a lot of people. And then as you get older, you start to, you know, appreciate those guys that are just loyal. And, you know, <clears throat> just to, you know, being appreciative of the opportunity, being thankful that somebody gave you an opportunity instead of somebody else. And uh, that's always just been something that's been instilled uh, in me by my dad, you know, who was an athletic director. And, um, you know, that those are qualities I just think that uh, – I always liked that as a head coach, you know, guys that just appreciated that. And you don't forget the people that helped you along the way. I think that's important. Sometimes parents let emotions get in the way of clear thinking. Here is coach Tim Miller, who just completed a undefeated season and his fifth straight state championship at Hazel Green. This was a parent talking to him when he got started at Hazel Green. To uh, Jeff Davis, to Bob Jones, now now Hazel Green. So how was that transition coming into that that school? Well, they had uh, the previous year before I took them over. They were two. I think it was like two and twenty five. They won two games the year before. You know, so I'm coming in that summer. You know, of course, you know here we go again. You know, trying to change some culture. Hey, the the, the practice, the, the work ethic at the practice. You know, rubbing kids the wrong way and parents the wrong way. I remember having a conversation right in my office. I mean, I ain't there in two weeks, Coach. You know where you're at, right? Yeah, I know. Hayes Green. Well, you know you're not gonna win like that at Hayes Green. You're not gonna win like that here at Hayes Green like you did at Bob Jones. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I appreciate you saying that, but you know, we have high expectations, and we're gonna get the most out of kids. Well, I just want you to know, Coach, you ain't going to win like that. You know, I mean, I remember like that was yesterday, that parent telling me that. You know, hey, I'm, that's how you feel. That's okay. But we're going to keep doing what we do. Unbelievable. Anyway, that, that, that parent wound up transferring her, her, her uh, his daughter over to Madison Academy. And, of course, they never beat us every time they played us. This was always fun. <laughs> so, but, but you know what? That, that mindset is the reason they weren't successful. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, it, it just it's it's un unbelievable. And, and if nothing else, when, you know, when coaches listen to this podcast, that right there, you know, is it, it, it sums up why we do what we do. 
you know, you went in with a system that you knew would, would help these kids and be successful. And, and you always going to have detractors and you always going to hear BS. But if, if, if you, if you just roll up your sleeves and dig in and do it the right way, you're going to have success. It might not mean you're going to win five straight state championships, but you're going right. to have success. And, and, and that's, yeah. that's the key. I just hope that parent isn't a betting man. But uh, having said that. So Toes in the Sand Travel, when you guys advertise, you talk about no fees. How's that possible? Well, first of all, most of the larger companies, whether it's a cruise line, uh, one of these all-inclusive resort chains, uh, Disney, Universal, all of those actually have a built-in commission for travel agents. So if you go online and book something yourself, that commission is still going to remain on your on your bill. It just will be absorbed by the big corporation. So using a travel agent's a win-win. Uh, that commission's there anyway, and it goes to the person that helps you. So basically, use a travel agent. Let you get the commission and not the big, bad, giant mouse who's making all that money. Next up is my old boss uh, from South Alabama. Now he's at Jacksonville State. He's talking about coaching today's athletes and how we've got to all evolve as coaches and coaching today's athletes. As you know, at the Alabama High School Athletic Association Clinic back in um, uh, uh, July, and one of the things I, I talked about was that we, we have to, as coaches now, uh, I coached boys at BC Rain from 94 to 98, and we won a state championship in 97 at the 5A level in the state of Alabama and played in two finals in 96 and 98. But the guy that I was coaching, those guys, is not the same guy I am coaching these females today. I could not be that guy. As a matter of fact, if my guys came and watched my practice, they'd look at me and say, what in the good Lord happened to you? <laughs> um, so it doesn't mean that I, I, I don't require, you know, that, that I don't have demands and we don't have standards because we do, but we have to be careful about how we, how we communicate. Now, sometimes that guy from the nineties does make an appearance. Sometimes he comes out. Um, but, but you, you just have to be, uh, careful in how you manage these personalities. Uh, again, you have to have standards, you have to have d- demands, but you also have to be smart in what you say and how you say it. And when you say it. And uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, I coach guys for 13 years. I've coached women now for 22. And, you know, I get for people that know that I get asked all the time, well, you know, which one's better? And my answer is neither is better. Uh, in my experience, they, they, they just, you know, men, men and women are different beings. And so what motivates men doesn't necessarily motivate females and vice versa. And so you just have to figure out with your team what it is that will Get, try to get lift them up to the next level, whatever that is. You got to figure that out, and and then hopefully that can elevate your team. And obviously, we do a lot of preparation basketball wise too. You know, we're a man to man defensive team, and uh, right now we're to the core of dribble drive offensive team. But but yet motivationally, you also got to figure out you know how can I keep these kids as invested in this as I am, because that's the thing. You want players to want it as badly as you do. And, and let's face it, sometimes they don't always want it as bad as you do. So then Most you got to find time. a way. Right. Yeah. Right. So you got to find a way to, to help them elevate themselves. That was my guy, Coach Rick Petrie. Next up, Coach Chad Pruitt, men's assistant at Auburn, talking a little bit about Coach Bruce Pearl. 
Oh my God. <laughs> look, Chad, oh. literally that just popped in my head. So <laughs> oh. well, you just think about like literally, um, first of all, let's just be honest. Now, Coach Coach Pearl is a sight. Now he is wide open. He's got ideas every second of the day. So, you know, you know, I've seen him, you know, this is this is no lie. We we have something called Outlive where we it's our fight against cancer, right? And so he's wearing a shirt one day his outlive shirt and he's talking to a, he just found out a lady that had been diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, he said, hold my bag. He had a bag in his hand. He said, hold my bag. Next thing I know, he's taking his shirt off and handing this lady, his shirt, you know, right in the middle. We're talking about people everywhere. And I thought, and I, and I looked around, I thought this was early on. I thought, man, this guy's crazy. Um, but the passion that he has Literally, I could probably tell you something every single day that just him and I, you know, kind of get into. Um, but th- he talks about this all the time. And we've, I've actually passed this down to the rest of our staff, um, you know, not being too big to do anything. Right. So so what the biggest thing that sticks out to me about Coach Pearl is his willingness to do whatever it takes to be successful. That means if he needs to go grab the broom and sweep the floor, he'll go grab the broom and sweep the floor. That sticks out to me. And, and, and you think about Coach Pearl really being at the, at the height of the game, right? I mean, there's, there's not many coaches, if any, are any better than him um, at this stage. But yet he has the heart uh, of a servant. And, and I think because of that, a lot of our other staff has taken on those same roles. And here's another great SEC assistant coach, now SEC assistant coach on the women's side at LSU, Coach Bob Starkey, talking about getting into the business. Our young coaches, we've touched on this before, $12,000. One of the things some of these young coaches don't understand is they think they, they see, you know, college coaches these days making this big money. If, if you want to get your foot in the door, you better do it for free or you better do it for pennies to get your foot in and prove your worth to those coaches and those people around you. And then the money, the money will come later on. Yeah, 100%. I, I love to tell the story. My first college job ever uh, was on the men's side at West Virginia State College. It's an AI school, uh, an HBC. And my first contract, I was paid $6,000. Uh, I, I got to live in a dorm free, and I got a meal card. And the year before I got there, they'd gone 4-24. and 24. My first year, we turned around to 18-10, and 10, just a phenomenal turnaround. And the athletic director called me, and he said, Bob, I, I hate to do this. You've done a wonderful job, but we got to drop your salary from, from 6000 to 4000 uh, and we're not going to be able to afford that mill card this year. And I'm like, okay, Dr. Treadway. So the next year, we go 26-6, and six, and Dr. Treadway calls me in and says, I, you know, I'm just absolutely embarrassed, but we're in NAI school, and we're running out of money, so I'm going to have to cut your salary to 2000 and we're not going to be able to afford your dorm room. And so I loaded up my clothes and moved them into the office. So the next year I lived out of my office and we went 31, three we're national runner up and just absolutely one of the best times of, of my coaching life. Absolutely love that team. It's my favorite team. Uh, but from there was, was the opportunity to, to move on to other jobs. So you absolutely nailed it on the head. There's a lot of young coaches who pass up wonderful opportunities because they're holding out for big money. And the only thing they need to be worried about is the opportunity to to teach and hopefully the opportunity to work for a good head coach. And if you get that starting out, man, that's all you can ask for. Well, coach, we can end the podcast right now. Cause that, that is, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to. And of course, if you're going to have coach Starkey on a bo- podcast, you've got to ask him 
please give us some Shaquille O'Neal stories. Um, good Shaq story. Everybody knows Shaq. Any, any good Shaq stories from when he was a young pup? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two that I, I think your listeners would joy, uh, enjoy. Uh, we were, when, when Shaq was a freshman, uh, we had another really good post player named Stanley Roberts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, very talented kid. And Staley was going through a difficult time with his confidence. And I remember being in a staff meeting and, and, and what well, we had, Shaquille had been starting and Stanley had been coming off the bench and Shaquille came in the office and said, you know, guys, why don't we start Stanley and bring me off the bench? Maybe starting Stanley will help his confidence. Uh, I, I challenge anybody to find me a kid that would do that now, that would come in wow. and, and offer a chance to come off the bench uh, because he thought it would help a teammate. I mean, he was a phenomenal teammate. Uh, the next story, this, this is – this is after his LSU days, but I, I love telling this uh, when I speak. He was on campus, and we were actually sitting outside in front of the Athletic Administration building. And, you know, he didn't always have the best relationship with Kobe. It was kind of a love-hate, brother-type relationship. And I said, man, I said, I want you to tell me one good thing about Kobe. He said, Coach, I'll tell you two. He said the first one was he was incredibly intentional. He said he never walked in a gym that he didn't have a plan. You know, we would we would grab a basketball and we'd shoot and we might talk about where we're going to dinner tonight or the movie we watched. And he said Kobe went off to a basket by himself and did game shots, game spots, game speed. He said the second thing about Kobe is you never, ever saw him without an iPad. He's walking down the hall. He's got an iPad. He's getting his ankles taped. He's holding an iPad. He's in a hot tub. He's iPad, front of the locker, buzz. I said, well, what's he watching? He told me, he said, he's either watching his last game or his next opponent. He said he, more than any other player to ever been around, he was an incredible student of the game. And, you know, this is the things we tell our kids. They're, you know, we live in a generation where kids just get to see the ESPN highlights. They don't get to see the grind and the preparation. And they think these guys are just, boom, they're great. And they don't understand what goes into greatness, even at the greatest level with, with, with Jordan, with Kobe, uh, Steph Curry. There's so many stories of these guys. And that's why uh, that one story that Shaq shared with me and Kobe, I love to share with our teams. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, Coach, you know, when we were there for team camp, you, you shared uh, that little story about, uh, about Kobe. You know, shooting un until I, – I, I forgot the, the, the exact punchline, but if you don't mind, you share that with us real quick, Coach? Sure. Or, uh, you know, there was a rumor in the NBA that Kobe would spend two, three, four hours working on one move. I mean, one move. Like, I'm at the top of the key, shot, fake, one dribble, step back, boom. He would shoot that same shot for two, three, four hours. And so uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Eastman, who worked for Doc Rivers with the Celtics and the Clippers, ran into Kobe one summer and said, hey, you know, there's this big rumor going around that you'll work on one move for just two, three, four hours. And Kobe said, yeah, that's, that's true. And Kevin goes, well, well, what is it? Two, three, four hours. I said, how long do you work on a move? And Kobe said, until. And so what Kobe said is, I'm not going to the gym for an hour. I'm not going to the gym for, I'm going to the gym till I get this thing down. And then the way he phrased it to Kevin, I think shows the difference in the mindset of the great. He's told Kevin, he wasn't working on a shot until he could make it. He was working on a shot until he couldn't miss it. Too often as coaches, we get caught up in just worrying about the X's and O's. Well, here we got Coach Dan Horwitz from his book talking about an aspect that sometimes gets, gets overlooked, and it's something that we're trying to do a better job. 
touches. And what I mean by touches, high-fiving. Do you know the teams that touch the most, that high-five the most, are always the most successful? That's something we're trying to build on. And in his book, 14 Principles to Educate, Energize, and Empower Teams, Dan Horowitz points this out. Yeah, so the first one is touches uh, that I wanted to share. And there was an NBA study that said the teams that touch more win more. And so that's something that we can all control. So a few examples of this for the listeners. And the whole point of these principles are things that hopefully don't take uh, time away from practice. They're things that you can kind of do, you know, in the, I guess, in the flow of practice, except for the accountability circle that's at the end that I, I think is very important. But uh, an example would be like anytime you run by a teammate, you could give them a high five. Uh, something very small, uh, but very intentional as well. And that builds trust and camaraderie and things like that. For our team, we really focus on layup lines and giving everybody a high five and layup lines on the free throw line after they shoot their first free throw. If it's two free throws, it's a great way for all four teammates to run over and give a teammate and some encouragement uh, to the player shooting. Uh, during stoppage, if a player throws the ball out of bounds and they put their head down or something like that, a teammate can run over, pat them on the back and, and you know, help them move on to the next play. And then uh, when somebody gets te- uh, subbed out, uh, you know, it's a great time to give them a high five as well. So just the teams that touch more, uh, science, uh, you know, has shown that uh, you, you win more. Next up is our friend, Coach Jerry Hernandez. I met Jerry many, many years ago as he was recruiting one of my male players. David Ditch, shout out to David Ditch down in New Iberia. But uh, Jerry is a great guy, and he's an expert on the coach-parent relationship and uh, has published some books about that. And uh, here's Jerry touching on something that's often overlooked but is so, so important. The parent-coach relationship, and, and, and you have put together, you've actually put together a couple books. One book's a really good book. It's called 600 Plus Little Things That Make a Difference. Uh, and, and I'll put the link down for everybody to find that. Uh, but Coach's website is www.sportseducationexperience.com. And like I said, we'll put that in, in the links. But today I want to talk about your book called The Athletic Trinity. Players, coaches, and parents, can they coexist? That 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 athletic trinity. And I and I think any coach, as as they prepare for a season, if they don't have a plan and if they don't have a, a understanding how to coexist and, and how to work with parents, then they're setting themselves up for failure. And so, Coach, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your book. What provoked you writing this book? And then we'll get into the, to the, some details of it. Well, you know, uh, it, it's, it started uh, a number of years ago. And, um, you know, I, I've got three children. that They all played sports from the time they were five or six years old. Um, they, two of them played four years of college basketball. My son and my daughter played four years of college basketball. Uh, my oldest son played one year of college baseball, got arm trouble and said, you know, it's not worth it. Let me just go to school and uh, get, get out of here. Uh, but uh, over the years, things have happened with, with my children, uh, you know, that, you know, could have really uh, affected the, the, the way that they experienced the, the high school athletic experience, you know, uh, you know, things, you know, not, not getting playing time or, uh, you know, not, you know, being overlooked and, you know, not being put in a game and, 
And just a, a lot of different things happened to all three of them. And it happened to me as well as a, as a player, you know, when I started playing ball many years ago, you know, because it doesn't change. It's the, it's the same, you know, the, the, the dynamic of, of having parents, players, and coaches exist uh, in something that's, that's beneficial to the, to the high school athlete. And that's what it's all about, benefiting the athlete. And, uh, and you know, about 15 or 20 years ago, I don't know, I can't remember when uh, exactly. I just started thinking about it, you know, and I always came back to the, the old adage of two's company, three's a crowd. You know, uh, when you add three elements together, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to gel and, to, and to, to make things work smoothly, you know. And when you add parents, players, and coaches together, everybody who, you know, who all kind of want the same thing but never understand how to work together to get it. Uh, I started thinking about this and I said, yeah, you know what? I've, I've seen so many kids who have had their athletic experience not be what it should be because the parents, players, and coaches could not gel together and, and, and not, you know, get, get out of it what, what, what they should. Because when you think about relationships, uh, if everybody in a relationship, whether it relationship, whether it's one, two people or three or four or five, if everybody knows what everybody wants and everybody understands that, then that relationship can move forward. Yep. But when we don't know what the other person wants, you know, a lot of times there's conflict. It's been well documented by me that one of the main reasons I coach women's basketball is my ties and my connections to the Louisiana Tech Lady Texter program. It was an amazing program, still an amazing program. But my ties with that program and Coach Leon Balmore and his coaching tree is was instrumental in me being where I am today. And so, absolutely, we wanted to have a clip of Someone talking about Coach Balmore and recognizing his greatness. This is Coach Christy Curry, head women's basketball coach at the University of Alabama, talking about the impact of Coach Leon Balmore on her and her husband Kelly's life. Roll Tide. You know, I think the thing I appreciate about you and so many things that I've learned from so many folks through the year is just the servant leadership. You know, it's amazing um, just the impact that so many folks have had on my career from just being a servant leader. And that's one thing about Coach Barmore, you know, how much he cared about. Look at what, if it wasn't for Coach Barmore, Kelly and I wouldn't have the opportunity to coach together. I think, you know, I met Kelly when I was at Texas A&M as an assistant because I recruited two players off his cousin's high school team in Temple, Texas. Oh, wow. And Kelly, yeah, Kelly just happened to be an Aggie. And you talk about summer camps. So, you know, how everybody's wanting to fix you up when you're single. And I'm like, oh, just you know, his cousin was like, I want you to meet my cousin. I want you to meet my cousin. I'm like, well, just bring him to camp. So he came and worked camp, you know. So um, when you talk about summer camps, I probably, uh, you know, have my best recruit of all time that I met at summer camp. So, but uh, the opportunity to, to uh, Coach Barmer gave Kelly and I to work together, yeah. you know, we will forever be indebted. And, you know, Kelsey and Kendall and what he's done for our family. And um, he'll, he's so awesome. He'll send me, a, you know, a text after big games or, just, you know, just check in and um, it really means the world to us because his impact and the belief he had in us, 
you know, and what he has taught us, not just about basketball, but about family and how important it is to love those around you. Um, it's pretty special. So, yeah. Coach Barmore, Coach Barmore gave Kelly the opportunity for us to work together. You know, Kelly was at Quitman High School. You know right. where that's at. Sure. And uh, Coach calls me in one day and he said, hey, I've got that third spot open. And I'm like, okay. You know, when Coach Barmore calls you and just say yes, sir, and you just listen. And he said, um, but I'm going to hire Kelly. And I'm like, Kelly who? <laughs> and he's like, Kelly Curry. And I'm like, man, Coach, I just married him. I'm like, I didn't plan on working with him. <laughs> So, um, you know, he believed in us and saw something in us that we probably had no thought of ever working together, never in a million years, you know. And so uh, we really are thankful for Coach Barmore, especially for believing in us. And then we we had Kim on that staff, Monkey. We had some fun, some crazy fun. So, um, you know, I've just been blessed to be around so many great people. We've had so many amazing guests on this podcast over the last year. I, I really wanted to make sure that uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, have some idea of the names of the people that we've had. And so in the last year, here's, here's, a, here's a list. We've had Coach Bobby Champagne from the University of Houston, who you've heard from. A really, really good coach who's actually in the counseling business now, but uh, Coach Brad Hodge. We had one volleyball coach, but she's a GOAT. Coach Ann Schilling from Bayside Academy in Daphne, Alabama. Coaching legend here on the Gulf Coast, Coach Ronnie Arrow. You heard from Dan Horowitz. Dear friend, coach at Pepperdine University, Brian Rosario. Ido Singer. Ido has a great Twitter page with some great baseline out-of-bounds plays. Um, worth a check out on Twitter. Ito Singer spent some time with us. Coach Brooks Donald, again, just an old-time friend. I keep saying old-time, I guess, because I'm old. Huh? Brooks is the head women's basketball coach at ULM. I mentioned Raven Justice. Raven Justice is um, a former player of mine and um, doing a great, great job at uh, Sam Houston State University. We have Chester Nichols, goodness gracious, at Southern Illinois. Mike Pittman, Northwestern State University. Coach Terry Fowler, who is at the University of South Alabama. Jody Grevy. Jody is a friend who uh, is out of the coaching and doing some motivational speaking and, and is an author now. Mike Neighbors, head women's basketball coach at University of Arkansas. Tim Miller, head coach at Hazel Green. Mark Godfried, Dallas Christian's new head men's basketball coach is on here with us. We got Trent Powell, Atlanta Girls School. Coach Rick Petrie, Jerry Hernandez, Larry Tidwell, who's the chief of staff at ULM, Christy Curry, as you just heard, Coach John Ishi. John Ishi, I did not want to clip up his podcast or his episode it's one of the funniest ones i've ever done you need to go back and see it Darnell archie who's the men's basketball coach at university of mobile also a parent of a couple girls in my program and was a star back in the day at butler uh donnie quinn one of the best coaches i know 
Uh, he is at Hoover helping out, assistant coach. He's actually retired. He helps on his own terms now, so good for him, but an amazing coach. Cedric Yelding, who's now at Coastal Alabama, again, great coach. New head women's basketball coach at Mississippi State, Sam Purcell, was on here. Danny Broussard, the only person I know. I think there's a couple, but Danny's well over a 1,000 career wins. He's at St. Thomas More High School in Lafayette, Louisiana. And, again, an amazing coach. All of the coaches on these episodes are amazing men and women and tremendous givers to our our game. So wanted to mention each and every one of them so you can go back and listen to some different podcasts and check in and uh, and hear these particular coaches and some of their messages. I mentioned Dallas uh, Christian, uh, their message, it's Todd Kelly. I don't think I mentioned his name, Coach Todd Kelly at Dallas Christian. So anyway, guys, that's the end of this episode. Again, Happy New Year. Hope you had an amazing Christmas and holiday season. Good luck to you and your teams, for those of you coaching now. And if you know somebody who would be a good guest for our podcast, or if you would be interested in being a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me. I've got a Twitter page under Coach Canova, C-A-N-O-V-A. I've got a Twitter page for our podcast, Coach Canova Hoops Coaching A to Z. I've got a Facebook page for both the podcast and me. So it's not hard to find me. So reach out. Let me know if you or someone you know would like to be a guest. We would love to have you. It's about growing our game and all of us getting better so we can give back more to our student-athletes and our basketball communities. Blessings for 2023, and we'll talk again soon next week. Have a great one. So every time someone opens Facebook, they see me and you going on these group cruises. Is group cruises the only thing you guys book at Toes in the Sand Travel? Absolutely not. I book everything from destination weddings, all-inclusive resorts, uh, of course, cruises of all kinds. And uh, let's see, trips to Europe, trips to New York, you name it, and we're booking it. We're helping with family trips, business trips, group trips, pretty much anything you can think of. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.